Welcome, everybody, to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spataro, and that's Dr. Bill Robinson. La. Dr. Smurf Robinson. That's <laughs> So, how are you doing today, Bill? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm a little tired, but uh, I got one more day of work, then I'll have a week off to, once again, my annual dive into organizing my comics. My comics are finally organized. My big thing is now to move out the ones that I've taken out of the collection. Well, I think that's part of what this is going to be, too. I'm going to, like, as I hit a box, I'm going to go keep, not keep, and then just sort them that way. Take them out of the garage, put them on the... On, see, because I'll have the whole run of the house, because everybody's gone, so I can set up in different areas and do things. And I'll doing be doing it all naked. Ew. <laughs> See, the problem with that is... You get paper cuts in places you shouldn't have paper cuts? No, not not the naked part. That's, I'm oh, just, okay. just going to pretend I never heard that. The The problem with the having the run of the house and being able to do it however you choose is we get these grand schemes of how we're going to do it, and you start spreading oh, things all over the place, and then when you're about not quite halfway done, you've had enough. <laughs> and everything is spread all over the place, and you don't have any choice. So now it's either, do I just destroy whatever little effort I've put in so far by just putting this all away, and it's back to I, the way it was, or do I continue and do the rest of the work? That's why I'm going to pace myself. I've got, I drop drop everybody off. I'll have the house to myself from Saturday yeah. all the way to the following Sunday. I've, I've got plenty of time. There, there's going to be time. <laughs> you're going to break your glasses as soon as you get up. As soon as the comics are oh all over God, the place. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of that. I I, I need reading glasses now. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to drop my reading glasses. and I'm, ah, I, can't read the, I can't read the issue number. My God, I can't read the indicia. I don't know how to sort this. Oh! <laughs> oh, it's going to be a fun time at the Robinson household. They'll just come home, and I'll be, in a, I'll be curled up in a fetal position on the carpet naked. With comic books spread all around me, and like a, my bag lunch, they're on the floor. <laughs> now, how many? Do you have an estimate as to how many you have? No, I mean, I've got ninety short boxes, and what do you figure? You could jam one hundred fifty to two hundred in a box. I, I would generally say one hundred fifty in a short box. So let's just say one hundred and fifty. So that's that's times ninety equals it's like thirteen thousand five hundred. Yeah, so I've got somewhere between thirteen and fourteen thousand comics. That's a lot. <laughs> what a loser! Uh, and that's that just counting the white boxes. I also have smaller, like 
dog food boxes, which are the, the dog food we buy is it's like the little bags. And when those get used up, they're the excellent size for comic boxes. So, so I may have, I may have between 14 to 15,000. I'm not quite sure. Wow. All, all of mine are in legitimate short boxes. Now I got rid of all the non short boxes cause I wanted covers on them. I want them, you know, every, every box is labeled now as to what's in it. Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty happy about that. And well, in the mail yesterday, mm-hmm. oh, I, I think received I saw this on Facebook. Marvel Two and One Number Five, which completes my run of Marvel Two and One Marvel Two and One Volume One. Thank you very much, mm-hmm. Socrates Alvarez. Yay! That was very cool, and it's I, I've either completed or re-completed several series over the last couple of years. Having re-recompleted his comic collection, and I would, our hero you know, retires to the basement. But I, but I would say uh, when I completed Marvel Team Up, that was at least one issue was a gift from somebody. When I completed the Invaders, at least two issues were gifts from people. And now Marvel Two and One has two gifts from Socrates: issue one and issue five. Yes, so. I, I I too had many 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 individuals that helped me finish my Avengers run. Did I add to that at all? I don't think I did. Uh, I gave you books, but I don't think I gave you any Avengers books. I don't think so. I, I suck. That's okay. I'm going to go out and buy a copy of Avengers number so you one. You don't have to. <laughs> just, just to make up for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Get one that's slabbed, like a 9.0 slabbed one for you. Wow, you're the man. I wonder what that would cost. I, I can pretty much tell you more than I have to spend on it. Yeah. But beyond well, that, I'm bought, not sure. I bought my number one years ago, unslabbed for $200. Like over 12, 15 years ago, I think. Or maybe longer. So it was in pretty good shape then. So I imagine it's got to be worth more now. I would think. But actually, oddly enough... We're not here to talk about old comics. What? Yeah, this this is this is the second time. In what? Four months? Five months? Yeah, I guess we're grumpy old men talking about new comics. Is what we are. Well, we're gonna do two books. One I kind of liked. One I kind of didn't like. We're gonna call this "Bitch at the Bins." <laughs> Bitch with the new books, man. So we're we're, we're doing. Two books that came out this month. One of which, I think one was last week and one was this week. Yeah, once again, we we're really going new books. Well, because once again, I read something and was incensed by it. So <laughs> that's why I said to you, we're going to talk about this. So and I just jumped on the bandwagon and picked out a new book myself. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what do you got? You, you were incensed by which Should we do yours or mine first, actually? Well, let's let's do mine and then we'll clean the palette with yours. That sounds that sounds like a good idea, actually. I wasn't so, sure if you wanted to save it because you had your big no, rant, but no, yes. it's not it's not a big rant. I just I like Scott Scott Gardner likes to say I've got a few things to say about insert your topic here, and I've got a few things to say about the recent Marvel Two and One annual number one or volume two. Number one, although they're calling it Marvel Two and One Annual Volume One on the Marvel page, but that's not right because this is obviously Volume Two. Unless because they unless because they have Marvel 
two yeah. digit two yeah. instead of the word it two? It could be. It could be. But you know, who 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 are you fooling? Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Once again, who's zooming who? Mm-hmm. So yeah, this was now. I hadn't. Uh, so I just picked this up at my local comic shop yesterday. I had not read the previous issue, which was issue number six, which kind of tied up uh, a little bit of a storyline that had been going on. So that issue, um, same writer, different artist. I really liked it. I liked the art. I liked the story. And then, uh, and I was reading this, of course, in my reading area of choice. The bathroom. <laughs> so I get to this, and uh, I guess I'll do a quick. I didn't write down a synopsis because hey, it's in a modern book. I can probably do this pretty quick. So basically, it's continuing the. Well, all right, let me read the uh, the indicia as to you know the people involved. Uh, so our cover artist, oddly enough, is the writer. I didn't know if you were aware of that. No, he was not. Yes, uh, uh, Sikarsky. Chip, Chip Sadarsky. And I didn't realize that until I saw there was Chip down in the cover, in the corner of the cu- cover, and then I double-checked. I was like, oh, he did the cover as well. So the writer uh, did uh, was doing double duty. He did cover and writing. The pencilers on the inside are Declan uh, Shalve, I'll say. He was the penciler and the inker. Colorist is Jordi Belair. Letters is Joe Caramanga, Scaramanga. Editor is Tom Bravehort and Elena Smith. So the our story is called. What is our story called? Great. <laughs> Where is it? I'm looking. I'm looking. See, this is why I should write things down. But I worked today and didn't have time. I'll just go to the front of the book. Yes, that's that's me. The the unprepared. Actually. I, well, just you know what? It doesn't have a title. Whatever. We'll call this one. Crap. I mean, we'll call. We'll this call one. it Simon. <laughs> I call you Simon. So anyway, we open up with Victor Von Young, Victor Von Doom, in Latveria years ago, uh, having his dad teach him how to fight with a stick. You sure it's just Victor Von Doom and not Frodo? <laughs> it's Mister Frodo, and is that a young, young Gandalf beating him with the stick? Could be. Possibly Errol Flynn. Errol Flynn, on a budget, is beating him with a stick. And they look up and, you know, if, if you want to change things, you got to have more power and a bigger stick. And then we cut to today where Doom is uh, in his infamous Iron Man outfit uh, with Ben Grimm. They're searching for this world's uh, Reed Richards and... and Sue Richards, because um, just to catch pe- people up, the ongoing storyline is that Doom has joined Ben and Johnny to find Reed and Sue because Ben and Johnny are losing their powers. Basically, that's where we're at. And they also have uh, have another scientist lady who was introduced in the first issue we talked about a couple months back. Uh, that would be... What is her name? It's weird. Oh, Raker. Raka? R-A-C-H-N-A-K-O-U-L. Rockin' and cool. So anyway, Miss Cool. But she seems to have a... But she's not really even in this issue, so I probably didn't really need to mention her. Um, but she's got some ulterior motive. So last issue, you, you kind of figured out that, that Reed knows 
well, I mean, excuse me. Doom knows that Ben's lying, and he and in this issue, he he confronts him a little bit about it. You know, like why are you going on with the charade? Blah blah blah. And he's like, well, anyway, we'll look for this this this. See, they're hopping from universe to universe using the multisec. So they go. They're looking for this universe's read. They go underneath Castle Doom, where they encounter this world's Doom, and they find that Reed Richards is dead. And they also find out that all of the Fantastic Four is dead. So the two Dooms basically go Dumo e Dumo, mano e mano, <laughs> so to speak. Stick to stick. Stick to stick. Yeah, they, they will set it this like, in the old ways with sticks. So, because uh, this world's doom has been trussed up in some contraption, and he's going to kill him. And then Doom's like, you know, basically, you know, I know you. No, you don't. You know me. You are me. I'm you. Who am I? What am I? So they get they shed their armor. They fight with sticks, and then in the middle of the fight, um, the dead Reed Richards that was laying down, uh, Doom picks up something that was attached to his belt, flicks it, and suddenly. Victor is now in the Council of Reeds. Now, the Council of Reeds, I'm not going to go into the background of that. It was in, I, believe, I can't remember if it was the Hickman run uh, or not. I believe it then was. He, so, there he finds various Reed Richards from all other dimensions who have a goal, which we will find out at the end of, the, uh, of this issue, what that goal is. And uh, so they're also seeing what's going on in the real world, and then Doom is having flashbacks to fighting with his father, you know, tra- training. Well, not not training. Now he's actually, there's a bunch of men that beat up his father, and he chases them off with a stick. See the theme here with the fighting with the sticks. So, uh, and then we cut back again to Doom um, pointing to, now, after reading this like two or three times, I wasn't quite sure if this read that's here is Earth 616's read, but I don't think he is, but he refers to himself like he is at some points. I don't know if it's written improperly, or I'm just an idiot. <laughs> Go figure. So, um, oh, and also one of the read that's, reads that's in here is the one that's the dead skeleton back in the in the other world. Ha! Huh? Because what happens when they come into this little dimension, they create like a little pocket universe version of themselves that then can go back and merge the memories that are, have, that, are, that are taking place in the pocket dimension will go back and merge with the real person. But but anyway, we don't know what happens to the reed that's stuck in here, and we really don't care. So anyway, Doom says, oh, back at the end of Secret Wars, you messed with my mind, you, you, you altered me, blah, blah, blah. So then Reed offers to show him what really happened, and they go through, um, basically, Reed says, you know, you know, Doom's like, I will never stop, you know, he's, he's basically Khan or um, Captain Ahab, basically, he'll always hunt Reed, no matter what, so then Reed's like, well, then, then what would you do if you didn't strive for power and I was dead, which, you know, means you think that that's why Reed disappeared, quote-unquote, died, he disappeared to give Victor a chance to become a better person or doom whatever so we're cutting back between that fighting with the sticks doom fighting the other doom and then uh, our doom gets the upper hand and it's implied i guess that he kills the other doom with a stick and that of course makes the reed sad in the little pocket dimension because basically they say well you know we thought you could be a better person but you weren't 
you're a douche, get out, you know, bye. And he's thrown back to the real world. They put on their, uh, you know, they leave, and then they cut back to the Council of Reeds, and basically they utter a line. Uh, basically, now their goal is say, okay, uh, there are no easy answers with doom, which is why our focus, why we're here today, as to make sure no children suffer as Victor did, so people, uh, no people go without. Our goal here is no more dooms. Now, are they saying they're going to just create a world or a universe or situations to where people like Victor won't have to come about? Or are they going to eliminate all versions of doom in all universes? I think you could maybe read it two different ways, but then again, I could be wrong. What do you think? Yeah, I kind of read it that they were giving him a noble motivation, and that was going to stop him from being the evil dictator. From yeah, they weren't going to eliminate him; they were going to eliminate that aspect of his persona. But but I, I think it's uh, the Council of Reeds showing a level of arrogance. That's probably going to backfire on them at some point. Yeah, I mean, because the whole whole thing is he thought that the reason he changed or he's been because he had a blank in his memory was that Reed at the end of Se- Secret Wars after Doom lost his power was that Reed somehow changed him, but the vision he's shown when they've helped re- repair his memory isn't that Reed didn't change anything in him. He just basically. Removed himself, the way I read it was he removed himself from the equation so Victor wouldn't hunt him anymore. And, you know, having, you know, this isn't the, Secret Wars was not the first time Doom got gained ultimate power. He gained it in Emperor Doom. And well, he's gained it numerous times. Yeah, I mean, so he, this, this always happens with him. He stole the it's power from the new. Beyonder, he stole the power yeah. from the Silver Surfer. He, you know, it's, right. th- this is his thing. He stole right. the power in, in uh, what was the, uh, the children's uh, crusade, he stole yeah, the Scarlet Witch's power. But Reed is always there to be the thing that, I guess, drives him to the dark side because of his ego or whatever. So that's how this one ends. And then they go off to search in another universe for Sue and Reed. The end. Which is now. how we left off the first issue that we covered because just both Issues that we covered the last time we covered new stuff uh, was are kind of both related to this one because it was Marvel two and one number one, which was the start of this whole searching for Reed and Sue storyline, and then mm-hmm. we also read an Iron Man issue which had oh, yeah. Doom in it. So oh, we kind yes. of, you know, I've read very very little of new stuff, but you know, three out of the four issues we've read now have been, uh, you know, all interrelated in some way. Mm-hmm. And you know what's nice in the opening of this um, of the annual, um, the first page is a recap of what happened, what's been going on with um, with Secret War, you know, with uh, Doom controlling Battle World, and so it it is nice that they're kind of doing that first page insert um, to get you caught up on things. Yeah, I do. I do like that. I'm glad they've gone back. At to least that. I like that. If I'm not going to be up in, 
onto it on an issue by issue basis. If if I'm reading it regularly, then I don't need that, and it's annoying to waste a page on it. But, but when see, I'm, that's what annoyed us, I think, with the Iron Man one we read a few months ago that that wasn't there. It's like almost I think they just started doing this because I believe it's in your book as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's a nice recap as or just a little bit of a re- recap. It's a very brief going, recap, going actually, yeah, in my book, but it's there. Yes, you know, and and it's like I said, as long as I'm doing, as long as I'm reading current books the way I do, I'm glad that it's there. Yeah, like I said, but if I were reading, you know, every month and I didn't need the recap, then I'd be kind of annoyed. Just, yeah. just like it was okay. annoying in, in the past days when you know they would have uh, you know you, you'd read you'd have your splash page and then somewhere on page two through page four there would be a whole flashback to uh, what's happened in the issues before, right? You know, it, and that's that's you know if you're reading it every month then that's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. That's this way it's in the front. You don't have to read it if you don't want to, but if you're jumping in and you're not you know you're not sure what's going on, it's nice. It's there. Interesting it's contrast on this. Uh, this recap page, the, the artwork there, as, com- as compared to what you see inside the book, which, quite, yeah, frank- so quite I guess, frankly, I hate. Uh, okay, so yeah, so cat out of the bag. I'm fine with the story. The art, I don't know. I even looked up some of the other things the artist has done, and it's just not, it's, I don't like it. I, I'm sorry, Mr. Declan. Mr. Shalvey, I, I, I'm not fond of your artwork. Um, maybe I'll like it later. I looked at some of the stuff you'd already done, and it doesn't, it didn't grab me there either. Was it? Was the style the same in the other stuff? Kind of, yeah. It looks very, very like. <sighs> looks like an indie book to me. It doesn't look like yes, a, a yes. mainstream book. I can't say monochromatic because there is more than one color, but it's just like. The pictures, I mean, it's like there's very little use of color. Now, that could be the colorist that he's with. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, knock him for that. Well, the way it's drawn, it almost looks like it should be a black and white book. Yes. I. It, it might it might look better as a black and white book. I'm not quite sure, but it's just... It, it wasn't too bad in the beginning. There was detail. There was some detail, although the flashback... Now, it could be a flashback. I was going to let that go because it's like, all right, it's his memories... Maybe you don't need all the detail, but everything looks washed out. I mean, it is nice that it gives it a different color, like it's like a like it's cinematic that you're you're seeing a flashback. It's filmed a different way, uh, much it's like some. In, it's almost in sepia. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So that was fine because then we cut to a regular color scheme when we're in the real world. Um, but a lot of, a lot of I, green in the real world. Yeah. Well, maybe it's this dimension. So. But then I started to know notice that there's like not a lot like once you come to the real world there's there's a fair amount of detail there and it looks nice but then you go underground and then you get into Doom's lair and then once the fighting begins you lose it's just like I feel like I'm in Vidi Kalena land <laughs> no backgrounds no backgrounds no no even colors just like one page where the dooms are talking that's just two characters on a white white there's not even a panel border it's like they're just standing on a it's like they're in white space it's not it's not even just the backgrounds though because like even those two dooms i don't like the way they're drawn no the ones they look like like uh 90s action figures is what they look like 
And then once we get to where they take take their their armor off, then it's just two guys fighting. There's no backgrounds. There's nothing, nothing. It's just they're they're in, they're in a. I, I was gonna curse. They're in a cave for God's sakes. I mean, why do you suddenly have all these like beige backgrounds? Yeah, just, give me some stalagmites and stalactites. Something just some machinery. I mean, we showed all this 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 these bookshelves and 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 rocks. And all of a sudden, and now suddenly there's nothing there. And then and then it gets even worse when he goes to the Council of Reeds because everything's white. Okay, that I could kind of let go. But that, to me, is where the characters, the way they're drawn, fall apart even more. I don't like them. I just don't like them. Like, like you said, it feels like an indie book. Not a not... I, but hey, I've seen very beautiful in, indie books. I'm just like... Yeah... It doesn't look mainstream. Now, whether or not you like this particular style is up to the individual. I do not. Yes. But it's certainly not a mainstream style, whether you like it or not. Right. I mean, but I went from, in the span of 30 seconds, I went from reading issue six of this, which was Jim Chung, to this, and I was like, whoa, (laughs) what happened? What? It turns into, into what you call it, Ricky Ricardo. What happened? What happened? I was just uh, like, is this a Marvel book? Is is was this a tryout book? What's going on? I, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's what this feels like to me, honestly. Besides being feeling like an indie book, it feels like the old days when in an annual you'd give, you know, instead of making it epic, you'd start giving tryout, you know, young artists who. Uh, hadn't earned the right to do a regular series, you'd give them tryouts on an annual. That's what this I mean, feels page, like to me. The page that bugs me. Now, um, it's one of the flashback ones after Doom rescues his father from the guys that are beating him up, and it's got the close-up of his eyes with the beggar guy saying, I didn't, and Doom says, you didn't. Go to the next page. Okay, I'm looking for it now. Do you have a page number on the... Uh... Uh, it would be page 20. Okay, yeah. There's no dialogue. It's got Now it's got Doom in the Council of Kangs squinting at Reed. Reeds. At, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and then there's no dialogue. Is there supposed to be dialogue? <laughs> You know, he's like he he grabs him, he points to him, he points to he he points to his own face, and he points to Reed. And that last picture on that page bugs the crap out of me. That just looks horrible. I just I, I also I, I do not like at all the way Victor looks without his mask and stuff. That's not how I picture. No, even I, I, even an unscarred Doom, I don't picture him that way. That looks now, once like, we go, like uh, I don't know, he looks nebbishy. Yeah. But see, once, now, I don't know if he's drawn this like this on purpose, because then when they go to these other, when they're in Victor's memories, it gets much more detailed with the rock formations, and but even the, the doom in the armor looks still looks a little bit wonky. 
I mean, the characters look a little bit better, but it's, it's just, I don't know, man. I just, there's something about it. Just, I, I, I went to the, I went to the co- cover of the book and I'm like, I paid $4.99 for this. You know, I paid three, three, $3.99 for issue six. And I had no problem with that. And I enjoyed the book. And then I read this and I'm like, what is, this is a load of crap. I mean, the story, I like the story, but I just, man, the art just really, really bugged me. Because then later on, when the two victors are fighting in the real world, again, you got a lot of pages, a lot of panels that are just beige background. It's just them fighting. I mean, I, I guess you don't, well, I you should have some type of background, shouldn't you? Am I just being nitpicky? No, I don't think you are. I I think, you know, occasionally no background is okay, but to have as much no background as you do here, uh, it's starting to remind me of... I focus on the characters, but when I don't think the characters are drawn that well or I don't like how they're being drawn, then it makes it even, points it out even more to me. Well, even even like the page that you talked about with the no dialogue, in the fourth panel, what the hell is Doom doing? Why is he pointing at his face? I don't know. You, my head, you messed with it. Is that what he's saying? My head. And then he points at him. And then what's that to the, to the right of the panel? What is that? Uh, what, when he puts the little thing on his head? No, the... the, the oh, yeah. I think they're looking at... I think... Remember, they've been watching the real world, so I think that's showing... I think that's somebody's mouth. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Okay, that that narrows it down. Uh, it's just I I it do not like I don't like a crab for all I know. It's it's hard to tell what that is. It's something on the screen that we can't tell what it is. Honestly, but, when you know you said you 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 know you you kind of like the story. I don't hate the story. I don't think the story is worthy of uh, an annual, an annual and, an and annual. you know one and a half times the number of pages that you'd normally get. I I, I just don't see it. Or almost two times the number of pages. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's this this is this is a one and done single issue story. This this is actually dragged out to make it fit, and mm-hmm. you know in the number of pages that they used. Now I, I like I was saying I don't know if he chose a different style, maybe for these for the flashback and for this because then at the last page. When we get back to the real world, that's not a bad shot. That that page is okay. Uh, yeah. But if, if you you know if he chose a different style, and the knight was here from uh, Indiana Jones, he would say you chose poorly. Poorly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I. Um, yeah, I'm. That's I'm just that's not, really all all I got to say about it. I was just disappointed. Yeah, so. I'm. I'm just. I, I. I don't like the artwork. And I think the story is unnecessarily drawn out. And I'm on the positive end. This whole thing with the you know with Reed basically passive aggressive trying to uh, manipulate Doom. I'm a little curious to see if that's going to blow up in his face. I'm not even sure if this is the six one six Reed. Yeah, I know. But anyway, it's the Council of Reeds. So well, because like at one pieces. point he says, "Oh, Victor, I've missed you." Okay, so is that is that just is that he could, be, he could miss his Victor? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Also, you know, I don't I don't like the look of scarred Victor. 
I don't like the look of unscarred Victor, and I don't like the look of scarred Victor. Scarred Victor. Well, I don't, it almost looks like he's this one. I, I don't know what the history of this world is, but he looks like he's demonically possessed because his eyes are red. Yeah. So there could be something going on weird with that, too. I, I just... I, I'm, honestly, I'm not a fan all around. And, well, let's rate this. And that, that, I think that's the perfect opening to rate, rate it now. So the cover... Um, <laughs> Compared to the last few covers, I was let down by this cover, but it is a different artist. Um, I don't think I've ever, I didn't know that the writer was also an artist. It's, uh, you know what, we didn't even discuss the cover. I zoomed right by it, and I'm sorry about that. Basically, you have the thing in the background, like, that basically fills the whole page, but he's kind of in muted, soft, like he's being photographed in a soft light, I guess you could say. And then there's uh, Doom in his infamous Iron Man outfit with all these stretchy hands, which are obviously the Council of Reeds. Um, you know, the different Reeds are, re- are reaching in and then grabbed his body and different on his legs, on his arms, kind of like holding him suspended in front of um, Ben's face. So he's like, it's, you know, the perspective is weird, but that's just the way it is. Yeah. Is it good for Chip? I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of his stuff. For me, I was kind of like, like I was like, oh, this is the annual. This is cover on the annual. Oh, uh, okay. So I'm gonna give it. Uh, I mean, there's nothing really wrong with the art. I'm just gonna give it a C minus. It doesn't jump out and grab me. Um, the art. I'm gonna give the art a D. And the story, uh, I don't. I think it was drawn out, <laughs> which is weird for us to say that a story is drawn. Well, no, I mean, yes, yeah, because stories. Yeah, this this actually could have been one issue and not an annual. I'm gonna give it a C as well. Even though I like that, that's the thing I like the most. I still like, like you were saying, it's still. I I would have given it a B, but a- after you brought up the point that yeah, this could have just been one issue. With a little trimming here and there, you know, this didn't need to be the annual. So yeah, it's going to be a C. So I, I think it's overall C minus for me. All right. Um, I, I, I just I was reading this. I was like, why did Bill pick this book? But I, and then I remembered. Well, we don't always pick books that you know we have to love. Because this way we could post this, and Scott isn't going to say, "Oh man, you did a Marvel two in one annual without me." <laughs> So in this instance, I don't the think he's going to Iron Man. Who the hell's the infamous Iron Man? <laughs> so um, the cover, I'm not. I don't. I don't really care for the image. Having read the story, I kind of get the symbolism that they're going for, with the different reeds pulling him in different directions, uh, and the thing just kind of looking on. Yeah. But it doesn't yeah, it's really. Sim- it's symbolic of what happens inside the book, kind of. Yes, I give it some oh. credit for being symbolic of what's in the book, but I also don't give credit to. Uh... But this wouldn't excite you to pull it off the shelf. It was only no. there because it was in my pull list. So yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say. I'm going to go with you on the C minus on the cover. I'm not really crazy about it. And the, the C for Chip. 
the interior art on the positive side you can tell what the images are and you can follow the story on the negative side I don't like the style at all and uh, the backgrounds are just lazy and um, I'm just not crazy about it all so I'm gonna say a D and the story while interesting and could be an interesting psychological profile I think it kind of misses the mark a little and I think it gets dragged on too long so I'm gonna say a D on the story as well and I'm gonna give it a D plus overall mm. yeah next, next issue just writer Chip Zdarsky, artist, too. same artist next issue, so I wonder if I'm going to have another problem with next issue. <laughs> uh, that's what happens. You, they, they get artist teams for like six issue stints, and then they change them. So, and maybe strudging, trudging through some more art that I may not like. It's going to piss me off. Alright, so also brand new off the shelves, we have the newest Doctor Strange number one, and uh, I, I'm really just getting tired of new number ones all the time. No, no, no! It's got the legacy number now. Yeah. Okay. What's the legacy number? Three ninety one. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, whatever. It's annoying. <laughs> that, that's how they can appease both sides of fandom. Yeah, we'll put the legacy number on there, but we'll just keep pumping out number ones. Yeah, they they kowtow to both and satisfy neither. Mm-hmm. So the cover by Jesus Saez, it shows Doctor Strange in the foreground, kind of with his hands with the mystical circles around them, but he's also wearing a space helmet, and then there's some sort of alien, looks to be a woman, but maybe not, I don't know, behind him, and then you also have a spaceship and some cosmic disruption in the background. Overall, a fairly good cover. I'm not, yeah. right off the bat, I'm not crazy about the character model on Doctor Strange. I, hmm. I feel like they're drawing him a little too young. But other than that... You know what? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I, I kind of felt that... Well, I guess we'll wait till we talk about the latter once we get into the book. Right. Other, other than that, I kind of like the image. It's, uh, it's clearly some computer-generated work in there, but it, it's... I, I think it's a nice image. Anyway, the story is written by Mark Wade. The oh, artist, the lady on the cover looks like one of the Avatar people if they were brown. Yeah, yeah, that's so. that's pretty a pretty good uh, comparison. But and and wearing a flash dance shirt. <laughs> Just a steel town girl on a Saturday night. So the the title of the story is Sorcer Sorcerer Supreme of the Galaxy Part One. And it's written by Mark Wade. The artist is Jesus Saez, who did the cover, uh, lettered by Corey Petit. And then we have variant artists, variant covers, rather, and all that stuff. So the background story, you know, as we said, the first pages have, have a little background. It says, after some time away, Dr. Strange returned to the Sanctum Sanctorum in Greenwich Village, New York City, ready to fulfill his role as our realm's lead defender against all threats occult and arcane. So the story opens up with Strange fighting some sort of a monstrous being who uh, 
is, is pretty large, and he's he's actually holding Doctor Strange in his hand, and he asks, you know, for Strange's last words, and Strange says, "Just one surrender." And the uh, the creature finds that amusing until Doctor Strange uses his mystical powers and f- dispatches him fairly easily. Hey, now this is an elder god. It's uh, Zaxal. 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 Sounds like a cleanser. News. Axol. And his his acolytes almost look like the uh, the name the nameless ones or the faceless ones and the mindless ones. Something like that, but they just got a big, huge mouth of pointy teeth. Look at the bones, man. And, uh, like I said, he dispatches them fairly easily. And then, uh, but when he he returns to Earth, there's a, like a tear in the rift of reality. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're they're coming through, and he, he tells himself to think like a surgeon, and he basically uses mystic thread to sew... The uh, to to stitch that that breach closed almost like you would a uh, a laceration on a patient. He finds that kind of invigorating apparently because after he completes that task in what looks to almost be a it's certainly a photo referenced shot of New York City. Uh, oh yeah, he, he yells out you know that that he is magic incarnate and he is the sorcerer supreme. And then we cut to seven years later. Strange is starting to lose his mystical abilities. Uh, it starts off that he's going, he goes blind in one eye, and it's not blind in the sense that we would be blind. It's blind to the mystical activities that he once saw. And then he goes blind in the other eye. And then he starts slowly to lose all of his powers, and all of his enchantments st- stop working, including the... Uh, Cloak of Levitation, the Eye of Agamotto, all the, all of those things. So he's he's besides himself because he's pretty much just totally lost his ability to uh, to to do anything magical, including uh, navigating his way through his home, which is now mm. like he could even get lost in there. Uh, so there's a, there's a page where it just shows him in smaller and smaller images until you see him in tiny you know tiny in one and i guess that's symbolic of the way he's feeling mm-hmm. so over the we cut to a month later and his powers have basically pretty much abandoned him at that point and it, it almost has the thought where you know at least through his magic he was able to cure the problem with his hands he wasn't able to hold things before and then he drops yep. his coffee cup so even that's fading on him so he goes to see Tony Stark to get some advice, and his thought process there is, you know, Tony has hit rock bottom on several times in his career, and he wants advice on how to start lifting yourself out of that. You've been uh, a loser? Tell me how you did it. And to be honest, right here, I really, really don't like the character model on Tony Stark. I, I think he, he looks he looks bad to me. Um mm. But Stark suggests that if the mystical energies on Earth are starting to wane, he should consider going other places, not necessarily other mystic dimensions, but maybe places in outer space, other planets where, you know, the mystical energy might be uh, better, where he can kind of kickstart things. Which, no, um, you know, I wondered if they kind of took that idea that, like, they don't out right out say it here, but I know Tony Stark went off at one point in his series and was with the guardians of the galaxies a few, few years ago. So I don't know if that's kind of where they 
this whole idea has come from. That's we very possible. That's definitely, uh, that makes sense. So uh, Tony lends him a craft to travel to other planets. And <laughs> it's, it's kind of, you know, he, he made it so simple that, you know, even, even you can handle this. But as they're traveling along, the or as he's traveling along, uh, his ship, which has been pre-programmed with the navigation, gets hit with a meteor and thrown off course, and then gets picked up by uh, some ships and brought down to another planet, which looks to be extremely technologically advanced. And he's got a a universal translator with him, and he, he says, thank you for rescuing me. I'm happy to make good. If you could just direct me to a fellow magic wielder. And then the alien creature, who is very alien looking, says, what is magic? Uh, bind the invader, and then they toss him into a jail, and it says, and so the magician found himself stranded, an alien world trillions of miles from Earth, captive and alone, with no hope of escape, he struggled not to weep, to be continued. Now, on the negative end, this book took me seven minutes to read. Yes, it was a very quick book. On the positive end, except for the character models, like I said, I thought Strange looked too young, and I don't like Tony Stark. He looks just a little too bushy-haired and uh, a little goofy. Uh, but except for that, I thought the artwork was really nice. I liked it, even even though there's some you know clear photo reference work in here. I still still like the artwork. I thought the story was easy to follow, and I thought it was an intriguing storyline because you're mm-hmm. left off and you're wondering how's he going to get out of this? What's going to happen? You know. You know he's going to get out of it, but is is it going to be that somebody comes to rescue him? Is he going to somehow tap into the mystical energies of this planet? What's going to happen? I don't know, and I'm curious to see where they're going to go from here. So I like that. Uh, I, I kind of, like I said, I kind of like Strange as a little bit older. I mean, you don't, you don't want him to be too old. Well, one thing that's, if you look at, at the start of it, when he's fighting the the elder god, you know that's seven years ago. He actually, in the first couple pages of the book, looks older. I mean, he just looks a little bit older. And then when they jump, except for like the last page before it goes black, he looks real young there. I mean, was Strange that arrogant early on? Not in the books, he wasn't. No. No, I mean, or is this something they're picking up from the movies? I think it's something that, you know, it's retconning to make him that way. Yeah. But, but you got to think about it. If you, you put the, you know, just kind of put a timeline in effect. By the time he finished medical school, you know, what did you, you generally graduate college at 22? Yeah, medical, school is, medical school is what, three more years or four? I, I'd say at least three or four. So, so let's put him at 25. You have to do an internship. You know, you, you don't just walk out and, and start, you know, put up a shingle. Uh, so you figure by the time, and plus he had to have time to have become a renowned surgeon. So he had to have been like in his 30s. So you think he had to be in at least his 30s by the time he had the accident. Then, and let's, let's, we'll, we'll be, we'll be conservative about it. Let's say he's 30 then. Uh, then it took him, say, two years to learn his craft as a magician. Okay. 
And then this says seven years later. So this is putting, you know, conservatively, like, he should be about 40 years old here. Right. He doesn't he look looks like 40 to me. He, no, he, he looks, looks like, like he's 30, 30 with great temples. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you... I noticed a little... Uh, just uh, a continuity mistake that... It's not a big, big deal, but... All right, so we're, we, we see the shot seven years later where he loses the magical sight in one of his eyes. Mm-hmm. Now... And then you have a panel, then you have the second panel where they show both his eyes, and now they've both gone that grayish color. So that, to me, implies when it's got the smoky gray stuff, that would be the blinded the blinded side to magic, correct? Right. All right. So if you go, you've got the one eye that's blinded, the one on the left. Go down to the next panel, and the way he's standing... That image should be flipped. He should see the magical stuff on the opposite side. Am I correct or am I wrong in my assumption? Because if you rotate him 180 degrees, see, I think the Im- I think they screwed up. The magical stuff should be on the other side, and the real world should be on the opposite side. Yeah, Those no, are- you you are correct. I, I I see exactly what you're saying. And yeah. <laughs> okay, so I mean, because that's just the way I was just. I mean, I just sat there and like, wait a minute, something's not right here. <laughs> what is what is wrong with this? Something doesn't make sense. And then yeah, so it's it's the because then you figure when both his eyes go poof, now he has gray eyes and he can't see magical things. So, but yeah, that's I mean that's a nitpick. That's a nitpick. Sorry. It's it's and I think it's correct, but it you know what are you gonna uh, do? yeah. Tony does look like a douche. What the hell is he making out of olives and straws? What is that? I thought it was like some like March of the you know straw soldiers or something. I couldn't figure out what was going on. Now it, it, it was nice that he was drinking club soda. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, because Tony's coming at his problem from an engineering aspect, and you know, or you know, you just need to tap into another source. Of course, he just has a, a spaceship on hand that looks oh a lot like his armor. <laughs> yeah, I like so. that. Uh, I got to assume this this faux armor that he has has some sort of weaponry or you know devices oh. or something in it. So that might be how he ends up escaping. But now the uh, the cover for next issue shows Strange back in his cape, and he's got those magical things around his wrist. But looks like he's got some type of gauntlets on, too. Yes, it I don't does. know if that's uh, part that of That could just story. be the magical circle things that he... No, because... They kind of fists, got those from the movie. His fists look... His fists look metallic in nature. Like, it, it's not his normal gloves. If yeah, you look it does look like he's got gauntlets this, on. You're right. Yeah, it does look, and it's like he's got... He's got a, a mythical space helmet on, but it's like there's a ring there also around his head, like on the front cover. And that kind of shows it on the – on the. Uh, I mean, it could be – I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what happens with the next issue. Now, are the, the, yeah, a, yeah, the, aliens, cool. are the aliens at this world, are they related in some way to the creatures that he's fighting at the very beginning? Because there is a slight similarity in, in the appearance. Not distinct, but slight. Mm-hmm. Well, possible. Maybe they found another way through. I mean, I, it could possibly be. They got four arms, though, and they look uh, 
They look kind of like... Uh, yeah. They're definitely... I mean, the ones he's fighting in the beginning are all like uh, weathered and... Just, and mouth. Just a mouth of teeth. Yeah, but it looks like it's covered with, you know, like bandages almost. Like a, yeah, like like a, a mummy-like. Or, or, or like, like the guys from uh, Star Trek Insurrection. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Sona. He's fighting the Sona. And then in, at the end, you know, they're, they're much cleaner... But that could just be because they're on their own planet. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and it, they may have nothing to do with each other. I may be reading, you know, I may be trying too hard to read into it. Hmm. But I enjoyed reading this. Like I said, the seven minutes it took me to read it, I enjoyed very much. <laughs> it's just, you know, that's that's the thing about these new books is you just go through them so damn fast. Whoosh. And you're done. Yeah. Well, see, it took me longer. I it it took me longer to read the issue six of Marvel two and one than it did the annual, and it was less pages. Mm-hmm. But it still took me longer because the story was pretty dense and the art was a lot to look at. I mean, it gave me something else to linger on the page for, not just like and I'm done. This was yeah this this was a nice book. I like this. Yeah, I, I, you know, the price that they charge for new books aside, because that's obviously a factor in determining if you want to buy new books. That aside, at least this was an enjoyable read. Mm-hmm. I didn't think the Marvel Two and One book felt like a little bit of a slog to read. So, my biggest criticism of the art in this is just, like I said, the character models. I don't really care for the. the 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 models that he's created for the faces of, of of our two main characters here, especially Tony Stark. Yeah, I mean, I I can let Strange go, although I think he should be a little older. Um, but yeah, I don't like Stark at all. He looks too derpy looking. I don't know. Yeah, oh, he's definitely got derp face. You know who he looks like to me actually a little bit. Uh, who's the guy who played Deathstroke on Arrow? Oh, yeah. I can't remember the, his name, but I know the guy. Yeah, yeah. He looks a little bit like him. Maybe just not as beefy uh, and hair not, not as gray. Yeah, could be. And, and I mean, there's clearly some photo referencing going on here. I don't know if it's on the faces at all, but certainly on the... Uh the, mm-hmm. the the landscaping there is that one that one shot of uh, Manhattan from seven years ago almost looks like a photograph. Mm-hmm. And some of the alien landscape, I don't know if that was computer drawn or, or hand drawn. Like where this one where when Strange goes when he's going to crash on the the planet, these little um, other ships or pods whatever come out with like little energy beams and latch onto them and just gently bring him and set him down into onto like a main area where the aliens come out and meet him. But there's one shot of him being carried across like a cityscape that I don't really think that was hand drawn. I think no, it's clear, clearly digitally drawn. Yeah. There's, there's no. no question in my mind about that, but I don't really have a problem with that per se. It's more or less just that I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just, mean, that's the way movies are. Yeah, I, I don't. I, you know, we know things aren't real there. I just don't want it to stand out too much. I don't want it to be so obvious that well, it's digital. I think it, it 
it only stood out more to me, although that picture in New York stood out really bad. Um, I mean, it only stood out more after looking at it with a critical eye. You know? But but it's I that it didn't bother me that particular shot. I think when it bothers me is when it's so obviously done and doesn't otherwise blend with the other artwork in the book. Mm. In this instance, I didn't feel like yeah. it contrasted the rest of the art enough to bother me. But, it, you know, think think about like, and, you know, I know he was practicing with new things and trying to, you know, come up with new ways of doing things. But think about like some issues where uh, Kirby actually had, you know, actual like black and white photographs and then he'd draw in like the characters with it. It was creative and it was innovative, but on its own, it was too much of a stark contrast to what was going on, and I found it would take me out of the story. Mm. And that—that's what it had, you know. That's what I think of when I when I'm thinking about uh, if the contrast is too great. In here, you know, the, the art is pretty much digital throughout. I'm pretty confident from looking at it. Uh, so the fact that you know some are slightly more computerized than others doesn't really bother me that much. You know, it's a good setup to what's to come. It does have me wanting to read the next issue. So, I, you know, I think on a whole, this this is a pretty successful book. What's your rating? All right. I'm not going to take points off for those character models, even though I'm not crazy about them. I'm going to just kind of rate the art for what the art is as opposed to the character models. So I feel like the cover is pretty solid. Uh, the biggest problem I have is the alien there is not indicative of the alien inside the book. Mm-hmm. If if they had an alien more similar to what we get inside the book, I think I would appreciate it a little bit more. And I, I'd be on board for it a little bit more. So I'm gonna take off I'm gonna take off half a grade for that. But otherwise, I think it's pretty solid, and I'm going to just say a B minus. I think I would be a regular B mm-hmm. if 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 it had been one of the aliens from inside the book. The interior artwork, I think some of it is actually beautiful. I really like the looks of these creatures that he's fighting in the beginning, uh, and like I said, the city pictures that are apparently photoshopped or whatever, photo referenced. Uh, I'm still good with that. Uh, I really like the artwork. I think it, the story is is easy to follow. I'm going to say a, a B plus on the interior art, and you know Mark Wade. I think t- tells a good story here. I think, like I said, it's got me intrigued. I want to read more. So I'm going to say an A minus on the story, and I'm going to give the book a B plus overall. Um, I think the cover, uh, the fact that the female alien, female-ish alien, uh, isn't in there here yet, doesn't, I'm not going to knock it off for that. So I think I'll just give it a straight up uh, B, because uh, you gave it a B minus, right? Right. All right, so the interior art, uh, also B plus, and um, yeah, yeah, I'll give the uh, the story an A. I think it's a nice start. It's something new, something different. Um, it's quick, <laughs> but that's just the way it is. Um, 
So I guess I'll give that an A. So A to B, a B plus. Uh, it's like a B plus. Yeah, it's, uh, we still land around the same area yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. That's it for new books again. <laughs> new books. I think uh, I think we have to come up with a title for when we're going to do this because I, I don't mind doing this every once in a while. I don't want to do it too, too often because it kind of goes against the whole mantra of the show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, every, you know, we end up doing this two or three times a year. I don't think that's a big deal. But well, like, I mean, the last time we did this was like probably about uh, four months ago. Four, four, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so if we do like a quarterly thing. Like any, anybody who has any good ideas for what we can call it when we decide to cover new books, let us know. Yeah. And do we have anything else to... Uh, so next time... Wait, no, wait. Uh, we're still on Andy's shtick. Andy doesn't I mind. Think, I don't think we have any... Um, see, let me, let me look at the email bag. We email got email. Com- we got email. Mm-hmm. Email, email. That's the email song. <laughs> Bins mail. Here we go. But this isn't Bins, so... Hmm. It's not Bins? Well, well, I mean, it's Bins mail, but this isn't a Bins show. I mean, it's a Bins show. I don't know what we're... What am I doing? Who am I? Oh. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I got nothing. Bins mail. Mail So let's see what we got here. We got one from Socrates, my friend Socrates, who just sent me Marvel 2 and 1 number 5. Yes, let's do this. Yeah, let's let's just do that one and knock that one out. He's titled his DC Mini. Good morning, guys. I know of a few DC Minis that would be great if you want to stay away from Crisis. I'd also suggest staying away from Man of Steel and Legends. Mike Bailey covered both Minis extensively. I'm also... I'd also avoid anything with 12 issues. Here are three recommendations. Marvel vs. DC, four issues, still has some Marvel, but the series is great. JLA vs. the Titans, three issues, great art and great story. Superman's Secret Identity, three or four issues, great art and story. Doomsday Hunter Prey, three issues, Dan Jurgens, Darkseid, Cyborg Superman, Wave Rider, and Doomsday Origin. Uh, I kind of... I don't know yeah. Superman's Secret Identity. I don't think I ever read that. But the other three I know, and I'd be on board for any of those. Yeah, Superman's Secret Identity. I don't know if I read that either. But, yeah, I've got the Doomsday uh, Hunter Prey, and I know I've somewhere got the JLA versus Titans and the Marvel versus DC. The thing about DC Hunter Prey the, the that stood out to me that I, I liked – was twofold. I did like I liked getting a Doomsday Origin because he was just kind of thrown out there as a uh, you mm-hmm. know he, he's just a, a mindless creature that's appeared out of nowhere. So I, I kind of like ha- having some sort of a uh, a background for him, and I liked the fact that Superman was having you know kind of like a little PTSD over having been killed by Doomsday. Well, I think that was like the first one. Uh, the first time I, 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 I know I had seen Dan Jurgens' art prior to that, but for some reason that one really, like that really made me take notice and then be able to identify, 
Dan Jurgens. First time that you took notice of him? Yeah, that I was like, ooh. I mean, there was something about that that art in there. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember liking the art. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's it's definitely some potential with those uh, those suggestions. Yeah, yeah, because I know we had said we wanted to cover uh, some DC miniseries because we seem to focus a lot on Marvel. So that that'll do it for today's show. Thank you everybody for listening, and uh, let us know you know what you think about it with us covering newer books. Like I said, I, I don't want to make that a regular fee- a, a regular event, but I don't mind it being an occasional thing that we do. Uh, so I'm curious if you agree, if you don't agree, let us know. Yeah, basically, peek behind the curtain, we had a window of opportunity, <laughs> and a small window to record. And I was like, ah, you know, I just read this, and I want to complain about it, so let's just do another new book. Yeah, I was in the process of synopsizing an older book that I'll save for next time when we do older books. Hmm. When, when you said about doing the newer book. Ah. All right, well, hasta la vista. Hasta la vista. I was trying to do a Smurf thing, but uh, it just didn't work. Sing us out with the Smurf song. Papa Smurf, are we there yet? Shut the f*** up. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Now you got to bleep that. Sorry, bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, all rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to two true freaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the two true freaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Nah, that sucks.